and then get oh. in, get into here's, it. Here's my best ad joke. <laughs> it's not my joke, though. I don't know. Does this not count if I don't come up with it? So I stood behind a customer at the ATM, and he turned around and said, could you check my balance? So I pushed him. His balance wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any? Uh, let's see. Why did the scarecrow get an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What did the ocean say to the beach? I see you. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, this one. I think if I, I don't remember if I posted or not on the Instagram. I was going to look it up uh, on Instagram like three times a year. Um, if I did, this is what I, the one I remember I would have copied and pasted. Uh, what did the daddy buffalo say to his son when he left for work? I don't know. Bison. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big Sue Up podcast intro. We're here on the podcast. Welcome, listeners. Um, glad you joined us. Uh, dad jokes because uh it was just father's day this sunday and uh i'm jacob and uh, i'm here with ian yeah i'm ian and we're both dads dads and who work at cof it's funny you you used to be funny in your life and then you become a dad and your ability to be funny just flies out the window yeah see i'm 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 my son's at the age yet where he you know doesn't really know if i'm making a joke or not mm-hmm. but my wife of course um is already giving me the eye rolls and i'm yes. embracing it i've been a dad for a year and i'm loving the goofy um the i don't know if any of you guys remember the song i'm someone's dad oh yes yes, yes. um yeah I don't, what is that even from my dad just sang it all the time um not because i want to but my job is to look kind of bad <laughs> um and i love it man you've been a dad for how long 10 10, ten years 10 years and uh, so you're an expert at this point. I'm a, a pro, and I'm especially a pro at dad jokes. I just remember, like, the, the things that used to drive me crazy, like the stereotypical dad joke of, like, your kid tells you they're thirsty. And then oh, you, yeah. you as a dad, you have to respond. Mm-hmm. Hi, thirsty. Hi, thirsty. I'm dad. It's, like, the first time that happened, and I didn't mean for it to. Like, it, I felt it, like, coming out, like, up from mm-hmm. my stomach. And I was like, please don't, please don't. Please. Like, hi, hi, thirsty. Like it was just, but then you were super proud afterwards, right? You're and just, now it's just a thing, and my kids get so angry. It's great though. Like, they they there's we're past eye rolling. It's they are trying to evict me from my home because of my poor dad jokeness. Yeah, I I could imagine you'd be great and and great at coming up with original content too because um, you're really quick with the puns, crispy oh, with you. the puns, man. <laughs> what uh, what did you do for Father's Day? You spend it. Well, I, I woke up and I came to church slash work. Mm-hmm. Wonderful day. Got to uh, hang out in, in our big room and give away some prizes and do all that. That was a fun bit. On Sunday morning with Paul, our next-gen guy. And then in the afternoon, what did we do? I came home. There was lunch. And, and we just relaxed as a family for a bit. Uh, we actually... Went and got a new hamster for my daughter. Happy Father's Day to me. <laughs> a hamster for my daughter. She got one for Christmas, and it lived for 
29 days. Luckily, the return policy at Petco was 30 days. So <laughs> no, you didn't. We took it back. It's a really... What? It's probably not appropriate for the podcast, but uh, we, we definitely took it back. And then we knew we were about to move. And so we said, hey, why don't we wait until after we get settled in our new home? So the time is now. So we have a new a new hamster. Anyway, I'm on a watch list. Are hamsters expensive? No. I wouldn't. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're expendable, but uh, they I, are. I don't see myself um, in the future ever being the owner of a hamster. Um, but, you know. I also don't have a 10-year-old. so Yeah, I, I had a few hamsters growing up. They all met horrible, untimely demises. We can go into that if you would like. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> um, spare me the hamster oh, death. Uh, so so it might be me. It might not even be my daughter. It might be so you. It, I could be the like the hamster grim reaper. I, like, I walk hamster. into PetSmart and they all like run into their little habitats. Yeah, I just never, honestly, never really interacted with them. Um, maybe had a one friend growing up who had a hamster and just i never saw him interact with it if uh, you ever want to just dabble we've got a new one we had bunnies and uh, dogs and cats yeah the rabbits were they were weird yeah we never interacted we just they were outside in like a hutch thing their entire lives so they they were living their best life not really it's kind of a yeah i don't want to go there either it's like i don't know tell me your deep thoughts on the captivity of animals that we call pets. Exactly, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of captivity of animals, I just uh, I wasn't here for Father's Day. I was in Puerto Rico, um, specifically on the island of Vieques. And um, if you say that word again, Vieques. Okay. Just what? I just wanted everybody else to get the satisfaction of hearing you pronounce that so perfectly. Oh, how are my, what's the other way? I've no, I don't know. It's It just sounds oh, extra yeah, fancy the way that you v- say it. V-A case, but um, the B and the V, Spanish, they're kind of the same letter. Um, so, V-A case. This is your free Spanish lesson? Yes. Yeah. Among so many other things that you're not even, you didn't know you were going to get listening to the podcast if you're um, if you're tuning in. So, um, wow. Uh, speaking of animals that are running free, <laughs> V-A case has... Um, you know, if you've ever been to kind of a a second world country, like a little city, you'll, you'll see a lot of stray dogs. Yes. Um, San Juan, uh, there was a lot of stray cats. And there's mm-hmm. like graffiti, like save the cats and like feed the cats. And there's other people like bagging cats and like putting them in the back of a truck. It was wild. It was. Where are they taking the cats? Maybe here to get adopted. I don't know. But oh, um, that'd be a there was story. like a, you know, we saw some protest. It was wild. So cats like all over San Juan. cat protest? Not of cats, but of people with cat signs um, okay. on behalf of the cats, though. And then so on VAKs, weirdest thing, man, like stray dogs, but horses everywhere. I'm saying you cannot go 10 feet without a horse crossing the road. A wild horse. Just hanging out. So on the island, it's like a, I don't know, maybe 60 square mile island. There's 9,000 people, really, really tiny population, and 3,000 horses. So we're talking about a one to three ratio horses to people. That's a lot of horses. Like each horse can have three people. And they are everywhere, man, neighing, just going to the bathroom everywhere, um, walking in front of the street, on the beach. Uh, all of the trash cans that like outside of people's houses have like horse proof protection because they're like raccoons. And we were told to leave our gate closed at the house we rented because the horses will go into the pool. Um, 
and not be able to get out as it oh, okay i didn't know if like they just had like pool parties uninvited no, just, uninvited guests or if it was so many horses demise. okay and they were living their best life man just grazing uh, all day just eating the, the natural lawnmowers of the island um you know you could feed them whatever they eat everything so you feed them chips um feed them little plantains can't be good for their diet mangoes but they're they're skinny they're like way tinier than the big everything's bigger in texas horses we got here but yeah they were just um just horses like stray dogs man just coming up you could pet them if you wanted to the locals were throwing rocks at them and stuff because they were like pests um it was a really cool trip um so it was super restful um i'm not holding it together very well here um but yeah back uh, why did the horse why did the horse cross the road i don't know Uh, to visit his neighbor oh my gosh (laughs) oh man all in favor say nay uh, um so uh how do we how do we get to uh talking about this weekend's service from here um man there was something i had a great transition (laughs) before all the horse nonsense um yeah something we were talking about uh yeah (laughs) because our conversation (laughs) went to a dark place and a place i never saw it going and i never saw my self getting in hamster in four years but um that's kind of part of exactly what Wes talked about is how um how we can get to a place that um isn't where we envisioned whatsoever with our with our life and our potential and our and our relationship with Jesus and so um that's something that we do on this podcast every week is is break down this weekend's message um just kind of chew on it a little bit um and spit it out and by spit it out I mean live it out throughout the week and so this is um your opportunity to just join us in this conversation um as we kind of take a little bit of a deeper dive and 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 talk about what Wes brought us uh this last Sunday so if you haven't heard it I I recommend going back on our YouTube or on Facebook um or even on this same channel and listening to it um we're kind of talking through Judges 14 15 a little bit of 16 um so that would be a great part of the Bible to to read to just to to grow um, even more kind of in tune with this story and, and be able to put yourself in uh, in it a little bit in Samson's shoes a little bit. And so um, I guess we'll kick off kind of, Ian, what, uh, what stood out to you um, from this weekend? Uh, you were here. You got to hear it live. I did. I had to, I had to watch it from a plane. Um, Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it from the plane. I didn't have internet. I watched some other movie. I don't remember what movie it was. Uh, Seth Rogen turning into a pickle. It was weird. Oh, nice. The American pickle. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that somewhere. Yeah. It's kind of a plane movie, you know, like it wouldn't warrant You, my... you wouldn't watch it anywhere else. No. Not going to win an award. Well, part of the, the thing of the plane movie is I get to watch movies that my wife wouldn't watch because yes. she's watching some other movie that I wouldn't watch, and it's great. <laughs> uh, so from this weekend, I mean, first off, Samson, what a guy. Like, known for his beautiful, flowing hair, the ability to slay armies with a donkey's jawbone. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I feel like we should just stop there. And uh, how did that even work? How do you... I don't know, man. I don't know. When... uh. I was, you know, like nerdy, nerdy, uh, nerdy kid growing up. My friends and I would talk about like if there was like a Street Fighter Bible edition. Oh yeah. Then like Samson's thing would, you know, mm. he would have his jawbone. Yeah. It'd be a, a very powerful tool. 
Jesus would just turn the other cheek. I feel. Like, I was about to say. I feel like Jesus would be like the final boss. But oh yeah, just be like other cheek, other cheek, and you just and it, whatever you attack with, it happens back to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a like a parry. But yeah, so Samson, like, what a guy! But there's so many good life lessons that I think we can take from that. Um, I, I think what you're talking about of like meeting our potential, and I think one thing that it, it's been on my mind since hearing the message this weekend and it's a kind of a virtue and value that it, it kind of gets said a lot at different churches uh, in, in various different ways, but along the lines of like, you're in, it's not your intention that's going to get you where you ultimately are. It's, it's the direction that you're choosing to go. Like I can, with my words, choose to say, like I can have the best intent, but we've all been there when we've said something and it came out completely wrong and it offended somebody. But what they're going to judge us for is ultimately what the actions that we had, regardless of what our intention is. And I can intend to be a great dad, but unless I'm spending time with my kids and investing in them and getting to know them and care for them personally and individually and point them to Jesus, like unless I, uh, yeah, unless there's action behind the intention, behind the hope, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in, in Samson's life, you Honestly, he was given some like very clear and again all but unique ground rules, specifically the "don't cut your hair" one. Um, and I think you see what happened specifically as he removed himself from community and other people speaking into his life, uh, and even so, the best intended life with somebody who had so much potential ends up missing the mark uh, for a, a myriad of reasons. Um, but again, like the, the idea that like our intention is only going to get us so far. Our intention really can only help us develop like the, the hope of what we want to do. But it's until we put our feet to the ground, hand to the thought, like start doing the work that we're ultimately going to get where we want to go. Yeah, it's interesting um, rereading the story myself um, kind of in a, in a new way. Um, probably haven't read it in, in years. And so um, kind of it was harder to to view Samson as the hero of the story. Um, And even like the, the wedding feast kind of bachelor party scene, like dude just kind of lashes out in anger. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like seeing his relationship with the men from Judah and an ally is still God's people in a sense. Like, and he's supposed to be this judge of Israel. And it's just kind of like, man, you, you really were kind of leading people not in the direction that that maybe God intended. I don't know, maybe that God desired. Um, and then the way Wes put it is kind of like pride really got in the way um, in a lot of senses. And so um, Wes kind of gave three things evidenced in Samson's life um, with some alliteration because um, every pastor loves some good every, alliteration. Every good old Texas pastor, especially with any Baptist roots, mm-hmm. you always got to alliterate and it's yeah. always got to be three. Yeah, so we got that yeah, this week. So we some people are absolutely loving it. Oh, that's um, what they live for. And those are these three things that are kind of evidence in Samson's life that we can potentially find ourselves following into these same pitfalls. The first one is small compromises, making these little itty-bitty compromises that amount to something bigger. Um, solitary confinement, which is just the isolation that you were just referencing, referencing getting kind of uh, used to being out of community to a place where you are strangely comfortable with where you're at in life. And so um, 
feel like we could just go down those, talk about them a little yeah. bit, talk about how you and I have maybe seen ourselves in those areas, how we've gotten out of that, um, you know, what what that can even look like, some examples of that. Just so um, for anybody who may have missed the the sermon, um, could kind of help, we could help place them in the storyline and we'll kind of reference some of the Samson things along the way. And so small compromises, um, as you mentioned, Samson's parents were given a, a a set of rules um, that Samson would be raised under the Nazarite vow. Um, So he wasn't supposed to touch anything dead. He wasn't supposed to drink any fermented drink and uh, he was not supposed to ever cut his hair. Um, And so for anybody who's confused by that, that was a kind of a specific um, we'll call it group of God's people who were set apart in a little bit different way. So think maybe like a, specific order of monks maybe if you're familiar with like more of like christian tradition so it's kind of a specific uh group of men who took a specific oath um and those were kind of the rules that were entailed and so samson's parents were told hey your son is going to be a nazarite and this is what it looks like and so some small compromises i mean one of the ones that stood out to me the most was the the scene with the lion uh, after he had killed the lion um here we go again just animals dying all over this podcast The donkey, the, like, animals. what about the donkey with the jawbone? I mean, it, that jawbone didn't just appear. It's not like what was first, the, the donkey is, or the jawbone. This it, is like it, really PG 13 for yeah, we'll, animal. We'll add a little disclaimer. We Morning. might have to. I don't really think n- n- there aren't any, you know, young, young people listening to not this. A lot of, thankfully, you're I don't saying think. that everybody listens to this podcast doesn't like animals. Everybody, uh, please, that's uh, what email I'm saying. Jake I just. Jay at, if Bambi can exist, then this podcast can exist. Mm. I'll, I'll go mm. with that. Um, I actually love animals. Uh, so that's my, uh, what do you call that? It's not a trigger warning. It's like a me saving face. I have a dog. He's wonderful. Um, I don't have a pet donkey, though. Luke. Luke the dog. Luke the dog. Yeah. Ian's met Luke the dog. Ian's kids love Luke the dog. Um, scene with the lion and he's found the honey inside of it knows he's not supposed to get near the dead thing and just just crosses the line you know yeah i mean let's i've never been in a situation that that this is real just practical i've never been in a situation where i've been like desperately wanting for food and the place i'm having to scavenge for it or hunt for it in order to survive i feel like it's another thing we kind of skim over beyond the fact that he's touching a dead animal, which is like one of his big three no-nos, uh, the fact that he's like, these bees invaded the carcass of a lion and left a lot of honey, and he's like, that looks like a delicious snack. Yeah. I feel like we'd skim over just some of the ability to make wise judgment calls in general beyond the, the rule-breaking ability yeah. of Samson. Because what, what would that be for us today, maybe? Because it, it's Bell. something that, yeah, it's yeah, something that yeah. like you... Yeah, I... I look over and I'm like, I'm really hungry. And I look across the highway from COF and Taco Bell, which is in this context, our honey filled lion. Yeah. But like something I, extremely rare too, yeah. right? Like it's not like you may, maybe in this location, you might not be able to just go get honey whenever you want. Right. Right. Um, and even the, the guys at the, at the feast were saying like when they answered the riddle, they were like, well, what's sweeter than honey? So it's the sweetest thing available to these people. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. I would assume it's pretty rare to find a, a stash of honey like that. But then again, I thought a fox would be rare. I've seen like two in my life and the guy rounds up 300 of them, yep. you know, overnight. So I don't know. Different place. Yeah. Different and times. 
oh my gosh, they lit the foxes on fire too. This is like... There's a lot happening this, here. If, this is not your podcast if you love animals. I'm going to put that at the start. I feel like we're going to have to uh, have like an animal adoption like event. Yeah, at, or at maybe COF. like a, a small group just kind of like for... Animal lovers. Yeah. I don't know. There might be some people that listen to this podcast that are on the opposite. Like they really enjoy this conversation. Maybe, man. Maybe I, I'm, I'm kind of like that too. Like I don't group. have a lot of like grace and mercy for people who, when like a pet... Um, passes mm-hmm. away who are like devastated see i'm gonna be devastated when luke see, passes I, away i though. was the same way yeah i, same I'm way. Go- I know i'm gonna be just ab- i'm gonna cry. die a few years ago and it torched me it was so bad yeah i just and i say all that because i want to value people so highly yep. like pet like pets are a weird thing um because we're feeding them and there are people who are literally going hungry tonight. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like trying to live in that balance, I guess, even though I do have a pet um, and I did pay money for the pet. So like, I know I'm not and you living continue right. To pay money for the pet. And I do. Um, and I'm broke. And so it's this weird catch 22 of like, we're not going to put Luke out on the street, even when he goes to the bathroom upstairs and he's five years old. And knows I not know to. an Island. If he likes horses. Yeah. He would actually probably like that more than living with us. He's a free <laughs> spirit, man. He doesn't really love us that much. Um, yeah, so, so Samson making some small compromises, um, that ultimately lead him into a place, uh, I I would say led by pride on a lot of them, led by, um, selfishness. Um, Yeah, I I think a lot of that, like the small compromises are, are the things that ultimately add up to bigger life altering consequences. Like there aren't a lot of people that, you know, they roll out of bed like next to their spouse and like think today is the day that I'm going to go have an affair. Right. But over time, maybe they, whether it's because there's some dysfunctionality or unmet expectations in their home, they start to justify whether it's just the way that they look at other people or think about other people, the way that they invest in friendships with people, the opposite sex at work or outside of the workplace, the way that they spend their time when they're away from home. And ultimately that can lead into devastating Mm-hmm. devastating consequences and, and decisions that are made. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, with, with in Samson's story and then in our story, sometimes it's, we need to sometimes check ourselves when we notice ourselves doing things, even if they're small, out of character, just to make sure that, or is this a, not not justifying what we do, but making sure that we're not, either setting ourselves up to be on a path or maybe making sure that we're not further down a path that we never intended to be on. Hmm. I think um, when I think about this in my own life, I think the reason why me and and maybe people like me are like prone to this, like why we, why we do that. um, It's like we, and Samson too, like we trust our own judgment way more than anybody else's, like more than our parents in his case. Um, more than the advice of the people who we say we trust or our mentors or our spouses. We think that we know better. And, you know, ultimately like we are, we give weight to our own opinion and our own decision maker um, more so than anything else. And so and for me, and, and this is why I resonate with this, this little honey sequence is I found myself, especially in my growing up years, doing things that I knew uh, were wrong because like, I know I can get away with it. Mm. You know, like it's going to be okay. Cause like, 
nobody's going to know. Or if they do know, I'll be able to like kind of lie my way out of it. Yeah. Um, or like kind of woo sweet talk my way out of it. And so, um, the fact that like Samson doesn't even in the Bible, like clearly makes it obvious, like makes a point to say Samson didn't tell his parents Mm -hmm. where he'd gotten it from. Um, I don't know. I just resonate with that because it, 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 the, the Bible doesn't make it seem like it was a big deal, right? It wasn't like he lost it. The Holy Spirit left him when he touched the, the lion, like it, like what happened with his hair. Um, but we know that something's not okay here by the way that Samson doesn't tell his parents. And yep. so, again, it's, it's a small compromise. Um, but this same kind of pride, arrogance, gets bigger and bigger and bigger in his life. And so... Um, the second kind of point, and, and we can see this in the same sequence, is this solitary confinement. Um, Samson keeps that to himself, that sin um, kind of festers in the dark. I love this kind of metaphor. Um, I have a, man, Wes said this quote, and it has left me. I had it pulled up, ready to read, and it's gone. Um, but essentially, he, he, he like just kind of brushed over it. I was like, whoa, that was really powerful. Um, that in secret, secret gardens, mutant things always grow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I love this. Um, I looked up who it was, it was this, uh, late counselor, Christian counselor. I don't know mm. if you're familiar with who, who said it. Um, but man, I thought that was so cool. Um, just that this whole idea that bad stuff lives in the dark. You p- turn over a stone and all the bugs go crawling around yeah. and, want to get back yeah. into the dark and um yeah man so i don't i don't know uh where that whole section lands with you but um why do you think like isolation why do you think this whole solitary confinement thing like why do you think that's so dangerous for us as, as humans as christians yeah I, I think it manifests manifests itself in a few ways i think one of them is the fact that like i know if and i don't i'm somebody who's like prone to worry struggle with anxiety and, and that sort of stuff. And if I'm functioning just based on what I know or what I'm choosing to believe in that moment, um, like the whole world can become so wrapped up in what I'm thinking about, like, or my perspective of the whole world and what tomorrow's going to be like and the day after tomorrow and all that. Like I can get so trapped and the feeling so stuck and so paralyzed. Uh, and a lot of times that's coming from the place that I'm trying to be the one that's fixing it. I'm trying to be the one that, has the solution or can find my way out or whatever it is. Uh, and I'm not talking it out with other people. Sometimes like we have huge problems or what we believe are huge problems. And then we share what's going on and they're like, they just share simple advice. Of, well, have you ever thought of doing it differently? Or have you ever thought about going about it like this or talking to somebody about this or whatever it is? And, and there's so much power in sharing that because we realize that, a, that God has given us other people to stand with us and to fight for us and to give us honest feedback and to give us wisdom. Uh, and there's sometimes a lot of power in that too. When, and we've seen this happen uh, a lot in the past few years, uh, specifically with like victims of sexual assault and stuff like that. Like that, you know, we've, we've lived in a culture that uh, there's been so much shame around that, but also other things that all of us have struggled with things that we face, whether it's sin that we've had in our life, experiences that we've had, ways that we've failed, whatever it is, and we can stuff all that stuff so deep down. And it's when we finally choose to open up about it and somebody else is there to, to let us know that they've had the same, they've had the same experience. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And, and it not that it takes away the power that it has in your life because it's still a very real and powerful thing, but it reminds you that you're not the only person that that has struggled with this. You're not the only person that this has happened to. And I think that's one of the lies in my own life that I I choose to believe over mm-hmm. and over again, that I'm the only person that, whether at my age or at this point in my career or at this point of parenting or being married or whatever it is, that like I, I'm the only one that, that's made this mistake. I'm the only one that struggles with this. I'm the only one that thinks about things the way that I do. And it's it's when I open up like that. That's the power of now my wife and I have seen time and time again, and in small groups or our home teams here, is that when we open up about what's going on, of specifically when it comes to things like parenting, uh, like parenting is one of those things that all we have is to compare how we're doing is what we see on social media, what mm-hmm. we see with other people, what we think about the ways that we were raised, and so we either think that we're crushing it or that we're failing. There's rarely like a, a happy medium right. between those two things. And the things that we've struggled with in parenting and, and then we share it with other people in our group and, and find out that either they're walking the same the same path in that moment or or they've struggled with it in the past. Yeah. Like there's so much power in just opening up and being vulnerable about where we are, the things that we're struggling with. Well they might be going right into it too. Yeah. And yeah. You know, that's something that you wouldn't want to miss either. Um because they might be able to like dodge that hole in the ground. Um, depending on what it is, but yeah. Well, the, another major thing, though, like I mean, there are times of when we willingly choose to put ourselves in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like Samson in this scenario, he is withdrawing information, withdrawing even physically from his parents. He went um, to live in a cave. Yeah, like literally went to live in a cave, and like was was like getting married or got married, and like literally left. Yeah, like, it was like peace. Yeah, he he did the extreme. He found the cave. Yeah. Yeah, I. But like the times of my life, I, I think like back to a specific season in college, like in a relationship I knew I didn't need to be in for a lot of different reasons. I had friends that loved me enough to to call me out on that and to say, hey, you're not being yourself. This doesn't seem like it's the healthiest thing for you. Uh, and for a season, because I had already received some of that feedback and I knew it was going to be, be the feedback I would continue to receive, I just ghosted so many of the people that love me the most. Mm-hmm. And so finally, when I came to a place of, I've got to do something about this, I've got to make a change in my life, part of the path that God sent me on was going back to those people that love me enough to say the hard things along the way. And honestly, I not because I'm super holy or anything, but I, I feel like I needed to go to them and ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. because they loved me enough to say the hard thing. And I kind of put my hand up from them or in front of them and just said, no, that, that's not for me. Um, I went through something that sounds pretty similar. Um, my second year of college, I lived alone and for whatever reason, and I don't, I don't really remember what the catalyst was, but I found myself in a place where I wasn't really hanging out with anybody. Mm-hmm. I've always been kind of like that, um, but never to this extreme. Um, found myself uh, w- w- with what I described at the time as depression. Mm. Um found uh i st- stopped going to church um stopped believing in in jesus and uh you know i made all these excuses for myself that like i was this you know weird wise spiritualist who is now practicing buddhism like to hmm. cover up for the fact that i was depressed and lonely and you know drinking every night by myself and playing video games to try to keep the boredom and depression away hmm. um 
and it was just dark and it was this a, a great example of just negativity and sin and all of this stuff festering in the dark and in the isolation um because i didn't have anybody around me to call me out on some of my junk and uh some of my lies and some of my uh just uh attitude and, and outlook on life and um yeah i mean same same kind of way it was the the same friends from before um and it was community that brought me back um to just wanting to experience life fully again um and it was some other specific things about about who god is that brought me back to jesus but um yeah i I totally i totally get that i resonate with that um and i think a lot of us whether we really feel it or not i mean some parts of our life have changed from this pandemic where we are more isolated than we were before. I mean, and it doesn't necessarily feel bad. Um, It doesn't feel uh, worse yet, maybe for a lot of us, but some of the, the way that my life has changed, um, some of it feels pretty permanent and it's with less extended family, with less interactions uh, when I go shopping or do groceries, um, less eating uh, out at restaurants. Um, Maybe it's more church online. It's a lot of different little changes that lead to a place where I'm not nearly as connected as I used to be. Yep. And I don't know if that's going to reach a fever pitch. I don't know what effect that's going to have in my life, but not super excited about it because I know that isolation can be dangerous. Yep. So, um, anything more on that? You want to move on to uh, I think we strangely yeah, comfortable? We'll jump ahead to the the third thing: the whole that he lived in a place where he was strangely comfortable and and that's one of those things like culture is such a it's like one of the chief virtues that we fight for that we strive for the reason why we work hard comfort is yeah it's it's so that we can be comfortable Mm -hmm. i mean think about like the you know the idea of so many of us working so hard and saving so hard for retirement it's so that not only so that we can be able to do that one day, but it's so that we can do it and do it in the way that we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be comfortable. We don't want to have to scale back a lot. We want to maintain the same style of living. And I'm, I'm not looking down on that at all. Um, but, but comfort itself is such a virtue. It's when it's why when things are inconvenient, we, we lose our minds. It's, it's why when a store doesn't have what we want that we feel like, do you know who I am? Dude, it's wild how much, uh, this stuff weighs on our psyche and how much we feel when we're not comfortable. Yep. Um, th- even with the smallest things, this last week we didn't have AC the entire mm. time. Like, uh, and it was different, very yeah. different, falling asleep without AC. Yep. It, was, it was difficult to fall asleep. Got back into AC uh, when we were not fully back. Uh, when we were back in San Juan, first stepped in AC after a week, it was like the strangest feeling. Yeah. It was so wild. Um, you know, just being sweaty all day long mm-hmm. was uncomfortable. And like, you notice it a lot and you feel it a lot. And so, um, yeah, I mean, like, like you're saying, like it's the American dream, um, is comfort, but, um, there's a, there's a question written down kind of for our home teams, um, talking about how, how comfort can hinder us mm-hmm. from meeting our potential. How do you think that is? Yeah. I, I, again, if, if the goal is us being okay, 
like typically that is uh, measured by how we feel or the bar that we're setting for ourselves based on what we see other people either doing or what they have. Like rarely are we we measuring like what our potential is based on what we believe the the God given abilities and passions and all that. Like we're we're looking to a place that we can make enough, have enough, compete enough that our kids can be comfortable enough that they have the right opportunities. Um, and I think sometimes we can become so wrapped up in that. I think specifically for those of us that are parents. Uh, live in like the, the typical suburban life that we can get so caught up in trying to have more, be more, give our kids the right opportunities, make sure that they have the success, opportunities for success, all that stuff. And we miss out on, on a lot because yeah, we're, we're, we're wrapped up in trying to create a safe, little, comfortable bubble for ourselves and the people that we love the most. Yeah. Um, and And I think back in my life, like the times that I've had the most personal growth, the times that like I feel like relationships went from like a place that could be great to even better. The times in my life that my love for Jesus expanded the most, like the, the fastest uh, in my marriage with my kids, like are the times that like you, you walk through the uncomfortable. Mm. It's, it's, you know, the, the power that can even come in tragedy sometimes that, can pull families together that have been mm-hmm. apart for a long time. It's the, I think about my family just hyper practically, like moving across country a few months ago. Like it, it wasn't easy, but it's, it's been so good for, for our family. And I know it's, it's sharpening me. It's working on some of the things that I idolize in my life, like security and, and control and all that. And, and God's, working on me with that. I, I think the the way that it's instilling values in my kids and building resilience in them, in them, like it's, it's a great thing. Um, and so oftentimes if all we're trying to do is kind of live this nerfed, comfortable life, well, we're never going to be able to take life as it really is because as we all know, life is going to have twists and turns and ups and downs and hard moments. And unless we can learn to see the value of of standing through the pain or working through the pain, uh, and we're, we're going to miss out on on so much of what God wants to do in us and through us, the ways that He wants to grow us. Yeah, that's good. What would you say the difference is between comfort and contentment? Yeah, I, hmm, I, I, gosh, I mean, like comfort. A, it's it's super relative. But like I, I think that that is all that the picture of we, we want. Like we all have our personalized checklist of what we need to feel like we have it. And that's the thing that's all that's the list that's always changing and growing and yeah. like chasing the wind. Like yeah. there's never enough money. Yeah. You know, there's it just never seems to end as soon as you get the thing that you thought was gonna make you happier, the job. Yeah that you thought was going to make you happy or the girlfriend or the car, whatever it is. It's like, that's what you thought when you went into your last job. Yeah. And so I think bring happiness or contentment is, which is something I'm, I'm not great at. I mean, prime day was this week. It's really fun to just stare at a computer screen and think of all the ways that Mm -hmm. these little dumb devices are going to make your life better. Yeah. Rachel wouldn't let me buy a sous vide. You can borrow mine. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ian has a sous vide. 
uh, that he probably never uses. A few times. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think contentment is learning that, like, regardless of what today, and that, at least for me, and it, it may not necessarily be as practical of like the things that I have, but contentment for me, it, it manifests itself the most when I realize that today, regardless of what happens, like if it's a great day, if it's just a vanilla Monday, if it's a really, really hard day, regardless of if my wife and I are clicking or not, regardless of how things are with my kids, regardless of if it was a successful day for me at work or whatever it is, that like every day, regardless of what happens, still has pur- like has purpose and has value. That like even if, like I feel like for me, I can have so much contentment and and understanding that like even if today only existed to sharpen me so I can be better tomorrow like that that's the reason why my heart's still beating and my lungs are still working that that God's not done with me um and that goes way beyond what I have yeah um I I think that I think learning to do some heart check and mind check on that sort of thing like that at that point you you learn to see the value even if it's and like if it's not done, that, that's okay. Like our lives are still a work in progress. Like it would be really, really sad to be at a place that, like, in my you know late thirties, that I've achieved everything I need to achieve, and now I just get to coast. I'm gonna stop. I'm just gonna cruise control. Yeah, like that. That what a waste of like the best years of my life, which I want to believe, and I'm gonna fight so that the best years of my life are ahead. Yeah. Um, that's like said with a lot of humility too. I mean, reframing your life and your success and your family and everything that you would just kind of say goes along with a successful suburban American life, reframing that around God and around his plans. And, you know, like you said earlier, everything could change uh, and life has its ups and downs and everything. And, you know, some of those things I think are, are God shaking things up in our life when we get to like, uh, yeah. complacent, mm-hmm. um, which I would say is very different than content. Um, and yeah. And this whole living in this bubble of comfort, like you talked about. And so, I mean, this is kind of where we're West landed anyways. He said, you know, your greatness tomorrow is dependent on your humility today. Yeah. And it's such, it's almost paradoxical, mm-hmm. you know, um, because when you think of greatness, like you don't necessarily jump toward humility, right? Uh, you think of having something that you deserve to be proud of. You deserve to to have uh, arrogance about, um, and so it's it's difficult for me to fully embrace because it does feel paradoxical to me. Yep. Um, any uh, final thoughts, closing remarks? I mean, I've got a lot of. A lot of questions about your treatment of animals, but aside oh from my that, gosh. I, I didn't uh, treat any animals poorly. I, that's not what I heard or our listeners heard, but we'll work through that in the next. I love episode. animals. I will. Um, I have my penance will be. I will pat my dog tonight and uh, throw him the frisbee. Oh, it's gonna be so, a good night for Luke. Yeah, and I might even it. put it on my Instagram. You don't. You're not on social media. I have an Instagram account. What? I do. You're going to share the handle with all uh, of our listeners? <laughs> sure. All of you follow me. No. Um, yeah, Jacob W. Jones. I post like once a year. I'm not even kidding. I'm going to follow you um, right now. Follow us at 
community of faith, COF Houston, on all the social medias. Um, send us an email if you want to let us know if you are our very younger, youngest listener that um, shouldn't be listening to this animal podcast. Um, email us, podcast at cof.church. Uh, let us know your questions. Let us know uh, who you are, how we can pray for you. Um, and thanks for listening in. Adios. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Community Faith Podcast. The views, opinions, and beliefs expressed by the individuals on this show do not necessarily represent those of Community of Faith or its founding pastors. For more information about Community of Faith, check out our website, cf.